0: Welcome to the Truvantis Subject Matter Expert Podcast. Each show, we interview an SME from the cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance universe. I'm John McInnes, Marketing Director at Truvantis. With me as ours is our Marketing Program Manager, Katie Vu. Hi, Katie.
1: Hi, John. How are you? I'm excited to have Rick on the show today.
0: That's right. Today, our guest is Rick Folkertz. Rick is a Principal Security Analyst specializing in governance Risk and compliance, including data privacy, a hot topic today. Great to be here. One thing you mentioned are framework maturity assessments, which is something that we hear a lot in the industry. And there seems to be a huge difference in like a between a startup company and an industry that's that's been around for a long time. Is there a different way that you approach you know a different type of industry?
2: Yeah, so that's true because a lot of it's dependent upon industry. So uh, for instance, a healthcare is going to have a completely different question than a financial organization, than a sports team, on and on. So they're, they're just because they're in completely different fields and the data that's important to them is completely different. So a financial side, it's going to be your customer data, your financial data, and the stuff that's not released publicly because some of those have requirements to release those things publicly if they're publicly traded, right? So, but if they're a startup, they're not gonna have that requirement yet. So what's important to them is their customer information, their financial information, and a lot of the things that make them special. So a brand new startup is not gonna be as established in their security as a company that's been around for 20, 30 years and been audited. So you end up, some of them just don't know. What they're worried about is, we wanted to get this off the ground and keep the lights on and keep our application spinning. Well, we didn't think about security except for the that the very basic part of it. And so when you do that, you tend to overlook a lot of things. And so when you take a framework like a CIS, which is what we usually do for um for a younger company that has three different Im- implementation groups, that first implementation group gets you the basic modicum of security that you're going to need for your company and also starts you on a what I call a maturity journey. So you'll get that ig1 maybe you'll get those knocked out in the first year after we after we take a look then we come back for a second look and we'll see the the strong and weak points within there and start to look at that implementation group two and maybe six months later to a year later we'll look at ig3 because they kind of they build on each other so it's a very good foundational look so you start start fairly basic and simple then you move to the next level then the next level then you start looking at things like nist in iso 27001 soc 2 but sometimes a company is in a hurry to get to that soc 2 spot which is a lot a lot of requirements and so they what they'll do is they'll narrow the scope down to the basic security um, service criteria which kind of align with some of the things in nist some of the things within and we have maps for that too so some of the things within nist some of the things within um cis and you start to say well, okay where is your Now you develop policies already for that kind of stuff, because that's usually where you're going to find that younger companies struggle. They don't have the policies and the governance around what they're doing. They're just doing it. And so you find out they're doing it, and now you go, okay, why are you doing it? Well, we're doing it because Google said so. And that's not necessarily the best way. You want to formalize those kind of things in the governance and policy, what we call GRC, Governance, Risk, and Compliance, to to make it to where if as you turn over personnel and as you grow as a company that you can, it can be scalable because if you do it just to, just to comply right now, it will not be scalable. You won't be able to do it as you grow.
1: We want to get to know you a bit more, Rick, and what you do here at Juvantis. And I do see that you work in different types of projects for all different types of clients. Um, we just want to know, how does your process differ for each client, such as a medical client or a health tech client or professional sports?
2: Right. So it's scope and kind of what their main mission is. Right. So if you're again, that's kind of knowing the Those frameworks kind of the background of it, the foundation of it is so for like a like a sports team. What exactly is it they need us to do? Are there, are we building? A, are we doing their full security suite? Or are we just making sure that they're compliant with a framework like PCI for selling for selling jerseys and tickets? And so, for instance, so if we're just selling jerseys or tickets, know how do they handle that credit card information? So it changes the scope. You know, is it, are they selling it through a website? Are they selling it through a through a third party website? Those kind of things. Whereas with healthcare, you're dealing with patient information. You're dealing with maybe you have two clinics, maybe you have 27 clinics. Maybe you're a huge HMO, maybe you're a small clinic within the HMO, and it depends on what you're trying to scale into it. And so you kind of assess those in different ways. Like generally you're going to, that's actually the fun part of what I do. So I usually go in somewhat blind. You know, you, you, you just heard of a company, you heard of kind of what they do and kind of what they're doing. Hmm. And then you go and you start pulling on threads to find out Where's your weaknesses so let's attack that first but what but while you're doing that you're what do you what is it you're trying to do what what what's your what's your overall output you know are you just managing clients are you just are you managing their finances are you managing their health care how are you doing that is it mental health is it physical health is it prescriptions all kind of weird stuff that you run into and it's it's actually a lot of fun okay.
1: I guess I want to ask, what's the most exciting thing that you've seen on a defender front?
2: So what William, what William does, it's fun to watch him pick apart a network and decide where those vulnerabilities are, and then what I can do on the front end of that is help them. This is how you. This this is what he believes will help you defend that. This is how you put that into your governance, and so watching it go end to end is pretty interesting. Um, watching him do what he does is fascinating. Um because I I don't really have those skills. I don't I'm not a pen tester myself. So when I see somebody that has a particular skill that I don't have, it's fun to watch them do it. It's fun to actually work with the client and have them see what I'm seeing and and, and just kind of help them prioritize where they're gonna spend that dollar, that security dollar.
1: How would you explain a complex technical issue to a client?
2: We have to know the client to start with, so are they complex technical people? Because sometimes I, I'm not even as complex and technical enough to what what they need, right? So I don't know exactly what tools they're using or how, do you, how to manipulate that tool. However, I know what the output needs to be. And so you kind of start there and you go back to the input. So you have to kind of, it's like a, it's called a half split troubleshooting method, right? So you know what the output's supposed to look like and if that's not there, you start to go backwards until you find out where it is, where it's correct. And then and you can do that in plain English. You don't have to do it in technical terms. You don't have to use the exact ports and addresses and different things like that. You just kind of, you look at the output and go backwards from there. And it's, it's you find it's a lot easier. If you're doing it, you're trying to speak uh, very technical terms to a person that's more on the business side of it, then you have to, you have to kind of pull it apart and use just avoid using jargon. I mean, really, you avoid using specific technical terms. You just say, this is what should be happening. This is what's not happening. This is the way you can correct that. And then if if I can't describe it, I know somebody else that can. (laughs) We have a really good team here to where if I'm having trouble conveying a specific thing to a client, then I can ask one of our team members and go, how would you say that? How would you put that? And if I need a, te- if I need a highly technical answer, I go to a guy like, like William, if I need a more personal type of answer and a way to translate that a little better, I can go to like Trista or one of those folks or Jenny or Aaron or any of those guys. Uh, and it, it would be silly not to use the talent that we have.
1: Let's get to know you more in your journey, Rick. Um, okay. So I just want to know what makes you unique and, um, and describe your professional journey or defining the moment in your career, which had brought you here to, to Truvantis.
2: There's a thousand moments, right? So it it depends on what you do. So I've done a lot of different things over my TOE, right? So time on earth, it's, um, so I, I joined the military at a very young age and worked on things like missiles. And when you do that, you decide that that's not what you wanna do forever. So then you start getting into engineering, you start getting into different things, and you, and you think what what looks like a field that I can stay in that will help me along, that, that that I don't have to worry about changing jobs, or it's it's always going to be employable, right? And when I was a much much younger person, everybody said computers, that's where it's all at, right? So you go <laughs> you go start to bend that way, and then you find out it, it's you have an aptitude for it. Whether you whether you like it or not, you just kind of have an aptitude for it, and start to work that way. And then I went again. I was in the military for a while. I worked on electronics for the most part for the first several years, and then I got out of the military and worked for doing testing data circuits for phone companies and stuff. So I was testing long haul data circuits, T1 type lines, and not many people at the time even knew what T1, T3, that hierarchy meant. So you you pick that up as you go, and then when it was a DSL, if everybody remembers what that is. And then I went back into the military right after, not long after 9-11. So, and so that's been a long time ago, right? So 20 20-some years ago and 22. So anyway, I went back to the military's commission into cyber, uh, as a cyber officer and a cyber operations officer. What And then what you end up doing is this really weird wide career field. You can do I started a combat camera of all weird things. So I produced and directed TV shows and TV commercials for air shows and oh wow. Put together if you watch Discovery Channel, a lot of their footage came from us. So we we do live live footage of aircraft doing different things for the Air Force. And so that we'd sell that to Discovery and they they'd edit it, put it together and want to sell it back to us. So we did that. And then that went up to a different career field and ended up in network operations um for the rest of my time in, in different areas of network operations for the rest of my time in the military and then a little bit of audit toward the end of it in the inspector general's office so then i left there and went to mgm here in las vegas and was working and did risk management um, and then privacy i was a i was a senior manager of risk management and then the director of privacy at mgm and eventually you lose a taste for gaming Right. So (laughs) and then I end up here at Gruvanis, but it's the stuff that you pick up along the way. And so Gruvanis has been a huge um, help to me because. Again, you deal with such a wide variety of clients that I pick up something new from every client that we that we work with.
1: Yeah. So um, you're talking about some of the stuff that leads to this question. What is the scariest thing you've seen on the, the attacker side front?
2: where there's no guardrails put up in, in between the environments. So what happens is a, a place, uh, not one of our clients luckily, but I've seen it where an organization set up there, they just basically wild west their whole environment, their whole cloud environment, not because they, and it's mostly because they didn't know better. They were just, they wanted it spun up quickly and they wanted it done now. And so what you find out is if you do it without a plan and without security in it, involved in it, you're gonna end up losing a lot of data and that's what happens. So I've seen that from a couple of different directions. I've seen it with AWS, I've seen it with Azure where they don't build the environment correct to start with or they don't think about how they want that environment to operate. They just know that they want a cloud environment. So they they spin up they just keep spinning up different pieces of that environment and everybody has the same level of access to it. And so all those flaws that as you go through and you do vulnerability assessments and things like that, all those flaws come to light because somebody can easily escalate their privileges where they need to and get access to your environment, download all your data, and then there you are staring at a ten to fifteen million dollar correction.
1: So, um, what is the most overhyped technology buzzword in cyber cyber marketing today?
2: i I generally don't get caught up in it in buzzwords and stuff that because I'm usually focused on what it is I'm doing. And it I'm as much as it seems really, really wide what I'm doing, it, it's really fairly narrow. You're assessing, you're, you're, you're trying to help somebody get to a, get to a point. And you'll hear those buzzwords when you're talking to the clients. You'll hear them and, and you just kind of let it go. There's, there's entirely too many of them.
0: Okay, good point. Well, that brings us to the end of our time. Once again, our guest today is Rick Folkerts, Principal Security Analyst at Truvantis. Rick, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks,
2: guys. It's nice to talk All to right. other people.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Rick.
2: Thanks, guys.